Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 119 of Psychotic and Iconic. Paul's here along with my co-hosts, Nick Theories, Mikey P, and Philly Phil. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in to the live stream tonight. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. Mikey P, start us off. All right, everybody. Episode 119 of P&I, Powered by Playmaker, is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Also, right now... Per usual, we're live at the Props Network at PropsHQ.com. Be sure to go over there and subscribe to keep up with all of the best football coverage around here at PNI. Last but not least, what are we wearing? Fantastic, Fantastic fabric. fabric, baby. Get yours today. Place your order. Slide in the DMs. Tell me what you want, what size you are. What do you, what do you want? We got the hoodies in stock. Let us know. It's getting freezing out there. The weather is, is, is going to start to turn, so be sure to grab your hoodies today. So you heard theories. DM us if you want P&I merch, courtesy of IPP Pressworks, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. All right, everybody. You guys ready? We had a crazy week nine, as usual. As usual. Every single week. Yeah, I mean, nobody's safe in the NFL, that's for sure. It's a week-to-week league, bro. We know this, you know what I mean? It's just this whole year has been crazy. It's like anything can happen. So I don't know. It's it's going to be a great ending to the year. I, that, that's for damn sure. Like it's so it's so unpredictable. You don't know who's going to be in the end. In the end, it's the most parody I've seen in all my years it's watching fun. football. It's like fun. Yeah, I agree. So as Nick just said, nobody's safe, and that is a great way to lead off because Frank Reich out as the Colts head coach no longer safe all right three five and one start this year two playoff uh, appearances in five seasons okay that's where we're leading off thank you philly phil now the even crazier news is that the colts hired jeff saturday (laughs) head coach has never coached in college he has never coached in pro, and my dude was literally on ESPN last week. Okay? <laughs> Jeff Saturday is now the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So, 
Guys, I want to know your thoughts on both moves because this is this is crazy. And obviously the Colts going in a direction where they didn't anticipate themselves being. Um, I'm going to say it's kind of unfair for Frank Wright because he didn't have a quarterback. Uh, there's no quarterback that he has on his team that can help him. So, I mean, Matt Ryan is completely washed. He got benched for Sam Ellinger. Ellinger stinks. He's terrible. He he should not be playing in the league, let alone the rest of the season. Um, he showed no ability. He's just not a good quarterback. He's just not ready. I'm, I'll say that. I won't say he's not good. I'll just say he's not ready. I think he's young. He's got he's got time to grow. But they don't have a quarterback. I mean, Carson Wentz, and and, I, and this is you know, this is this is me being real. He had a good year last year with the Colts. Yeah, he didn't make the playoffs, but. He actually did really well in, in, in his stats-wise. I mean, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. How much was that impactful? I mean, you could tell the Colts are literally struggling to even to win a game here. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, he had some impact on, on that team last year. And I think the Colts are kind of missing camaraderie. When you have a quarterback, a new quarterback every single year, you're going you're gonna to struggle. You don't have an identity. You don't know what you are. So this is the result you're going to get. So for me, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of unfair for Frank Reich because I don't, I don't feel like he calls the shots there. I think Jim, uh, Jim Ursay is the guy who, who uh, calls everything. Um, that's why he wanted Wentz gone. So, and then, and then they bring in Matt Ryan, and he just didn't work out for him. So I, I just feel like it's kind of unfair for him. Um, but Jeff Saturday, I mean, look, a lot of people are going to clown it, but I mean, it, it goes both ways, right? Like if I'm coming out of college and I don't have any, and I don't have any experience, I'm looking for a job and they require experience. And then I, I apply for the job. I get interviewed and I get the job. Then it doesn't really matter. It's just really how you, how you interview. Um, and I don't know if, if this was an interview process, it seemed like Jeff Saturday was kind of like surprised by it. Um, but I mean, look, the Colts have nothing to lose. They're probably just you know, burning the season pretty much. It sends a bad message to the locker room, but at the same time, they're trying to figure out a way to get the ship right. And um, I guess they're just, they're in complete rebuild. So um, I don't, I don't love the hire, but at the same time, they have nothing, they have nothing going for them right now. So I don't, I don't mind a, a little Hail Mary here. Uh, I kind of feel the same way with Frank Reich. Uh, it's apparent to me now though, that it wasn't him that wanted to get rid of Carson Wentz. He was just, it was all Jim Ursay, which is what I initially thought because when, when they got rid of him, when they got rid of Wentz, the team came out and spoke in favor of Wentz. Nobody really liked the move. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that's kind of odd. And then now you just, you fire Frank Wright, who was basically just the fall guy. And it's not his fault. Mm -hmm. I said this last year too. They have a bottom five wide receiver group. I know Michael Pittman's good. Is he a real one? I don't know. Is he a two? Absolutely. But they have question a, his character. What's up? You question his character? He asked if he's a real one. Who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I just like they have a bottom five wide receiver group. Jonathan Taylor this year is invisible <laughs> after that one big year um, where last year he was in the MVP conversation. So for Frank Reich, it's just a shitty situation. Um, I'm sure he'll be a coach again. I mean, he did good things with what he with, with the hand he was dealt. And as for hiring Jeff Saturday, I I don't understand that. Um, it looked like a panic move. The interview was even worse than the actual hiring. Um, he has no head coaching experience. So not even at, in college or let alone the NFL. So I don't understand it. That's just a buddy, buddy hire. And now he, they promoted the guy that was like the assistant quarterback guy to call the plays. He's 30 years old. Like, what are you doing? I don't hate it. 
Of course you don't. I I, I just don't. You, well, you would not hate this. Uh, because there's nothing to lose. There is nothing to lose. There is, though, because as an organization, that looks bad. With all the trouble they go through with the Rooney rule and all that shit, this looks terrible. He came from ESPN. And what if Jeff Saturday fucked around and coached his ass off and and got this shit right? Then all power to him. That would be crazy, right? All power to him, but it's not going to happen because it's not easy. I mean, you you had Jim Ursay actually sat there with a straight face and said he likes that that he has no experience. Yeah, because no feet has no fear. But you need to have experience. He said it. that is the one thing I'll say about Jim Ursay. I love his comments. It, it, it he legitimately get, got rid of the analytics. He said, "Fuck the analytics. I want a guy who has no fear. Fuck the experience. He don't have the any brains knows, either, though. The guy knows football. He I knows mean, football. But there's a different. But I, I get that. But there, it, there's a, a it's, there's a different level to it with what he's trying to do right now. Like th- this is a way different dynamic than understanding the game. Maybe." So it's just he was unqualified for it. It's not right. And it's just it's a bad look. But a lot of guys are not qualified for the job they have. I mean, but I mean, like, just because he doesn't have experience, that doesn't make him like a bad. I mean, look, it it, it doesn't make him like a bad candidate right now. There's nobody out there. So let me ask you something. Say you're the offensive coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. I'm Frank Reich. I just get fired. They hire Mikey P, who does mortgages for a living. Would you feel slighted? Um, you but you have thirty years coaching experience. But this is this is apples and oranges because Jeff Saturday he has experience in the league. But he's never coached. I know, but he's been in a locker room with a lot of. Uh, he's been there, bro. Gus like, Bradley he's been there in big moments too. Yeah, but Gus Bradley's a, a successful defensive coordinator. Okay. John Fox went to a Super Bowl. I think he actually was the coach. Uh, no, he well, he didn't win it, but he's been there with Jake Delhomme and Peyton. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you pass up those two guys, you know, that that causes friction because it's kind of like you're looking at him sideways and you're like, so you don't trust me or him to do it, but you trust somebody that was an analyst on ESPN and he has no qualifications to be hired. Who's to say that these coaches didn't turn that down and say, you know what, I, I didn't want to, I don't want to take this job because if they take this job, they already know this team. I think they said that they weren't even offered. Oh, well, I think that was already said. So that that's saying- the angle I'm coming from is that they were just, they were glossed over and it went right to Jeff Saturday. So yeah. that's yeah, what I'm there, there was no interview process. Um, at least it appeared that way. And also one thing that's weird is that, you know, I, I can live with the hire, but I haven't seen anything indicating that he's hiring like an assistant that is qualified to help him, AKA the Nathaniel Hackett route. After he sucked for a few games, he hires a senior personnel advisor, right? I haven't seen that yet for Jeff Saturday, which is actually interesting too. Um, Because, I mean, mental makeup and leadership-wise, smarts-wise, I think that he definitely would be going down this path at some point. Peyton Manning definitely respects the hell out of him. Um, And, I mean, he used to even call some plays. I saw that mentioned in the chat. I saw that – Tom Doc mentioned that Peyton Manning arguing, telling him to stop calling plays. Jeff Saturday is a smart dude, mm-hmm. but it is definitely quite the jump. And I would like to see them hire somebody to assist him. And until they do, I am just convinced that Jimmy Irsay said, Hey buddy, do me a favor and let's tank. And you have the job next year too. That's kind of what it seems like. You know, if you tank the rest of the year for me, this is your job next year, and you can learn on the job. Mike, 
The the new offensive play caller is Parks Parks Frazier. He's a pass game specialist and assistant quarterbacks coach. And now you tell me That's that these problem. men are going to rally behind somebody named Parks. What's wrong with that? What nobody they- named Parks is motivating. I mean, you don't know his character. I know him. You know Parks. I know Parks. Name says it all. It's not a household name. I mean, Parks is in the NFL. He's coaching <laughs> for an NFL team. He must be doing well, something Well, he is right. now. He's doing something right, Mr. Parks. <sighs> <laughs> no, it's it's Parks Frazier. It's Mr. Frazier. His first name is Parks. All right, well, Mr. Frazier. See? That that reaction alone lets me know that Parks ain't it. So would you consider Leslie Frazier a good coach? Yeah, I could rock with Leslie before I can rock with Parks. I don't know. I mean, I, well, I, I doubt that. <laughs> I, I'd rather rock with Parks. <laughs> Leslie. I like the name. I think it's a pretty name. Yeah, a pretty name. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I know what you were saying. Yeah, you know, you got me? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, I mean, look, so I mean, guys, not give them guys, a chance. What is the harm? They're going to be ass. They're not going to make the playoffs. What is the harm? There's no harm. I actually like Mikey P's uh, thought process there too. Come in and tank and make sure we get a high draft pick. Yeah. That actually does yeah, really make you learn on the job too. Mike, I didn't think of that in that aspect too. <laughs> I mean, hey, throw me a bone here. Come in here and do terrible. Ruin your career as a coach, but make sure we get a first round draft pick. And then you can go back to ESPN. I think that he might have the job next year locked up. He'll just learn this year. He'll iron out the kinks as an actual coach with the in terms of game planning and figuring out how to lead week to week. And obviously they know they're going to suck. If if Sam Ellinger is starting the rest of the season, which it will either be him or Nick Foles, um, the team is set up for failure. I see a comment saying that Saturday is set up to fail. And I, I think that they want him to fail, honestly. I think that it, it's probably the best thing for the team at this point. They're never going to get the quarterback that keeps evading their roster until they suck. Because they have proven that they cannot go out and add the right guy, and they keep trying to patch together a, a gaping hole, basically. Yeah. Pause. But, I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. It's like you're seeing, you know, it's like a, you know, there's water coming out of the wall, and they're trying to patch it with with duct tape, you know. It's, it's not going to hold up for too long. So they're going to have to try something new. I predict that we're going to see a Nick Foles sighting on November 20th when they play the Eagles. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt that one bit. I just wonder I wonder if that goes against their plan, you know? Yeah. Like Nick just, Foles will actually play well despite the fact that their offensive line magically sucks now. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, we'll get to him shortly, but who knows if he even plays again this year? Honestly, I'll even raise that question. Um and Mike said the receiving group sucks. But Nick Foles will still find a way to have success, so I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll actually bring him in. Um, interesting. But, guys, so is Frank Reich the most to blame for the franchise's failures the last few years? Is he the most to blame? No, I don't. I don't do it a little bit, but I want to know the answer, though. No, I don't think so at all. It's just there's no, like, there's – there's no continuity. It, it's Philip Rivers. It, it's Carson Wentz. It's Sam Ellinger. Like you need stability at the quarterback position, period. You can't just keep switching year to year and trying to find the next guy. Like last year, I know it ended terrible, but you might, you might've been able to build off of that. You had your, like 
it's very important for the quarterback and the and the head coach to have a good and the offensive coordinator to have a good working relationship. And Reich and Wentz did like each other. They, like they said it before, they were connected through faith and all that type of shit. You could have built off of that. I just I don't understand it. It's like it's impulsive decisions. Yep. I mean, I, I think that they definitely should have kept Carson Wentz. They had something going there. And given the fact that he did have the success that he had, um, I know that it came down to two games where he didn't play well, but given the success that he did have over the course of the year with virtually no camp because he was injured, I mean, the injury he had was one where most players miss eight games. He came back and played week one all the way through the year. Imagine what could have happened if he had more time in camp the following year. I mean, the offense was solid last year. They had some issues here and there, but – Overall, the unit the unit as a whole was strong. So now you see what happened. You go at Matt Ryan, your whole franchise is fucked now. I mean, there's no other way around it. And you're gonna you're gonna have to literally like pay him to sit down and not play right now in order to not have to pay him next year. Like the whole thing, honestly, you know what? It comes down to Chris Ballard, I think, who in the beginning was amazing, I think. Um, he built the roster very well, and and then it just came down to quarterback. And if you don't get that right, you're not going to go anywhere. That's just how it is. So I think it falls on Chris Ballard. I think Frank Reich's going to have no problem finding a job. He should go to New England. They need an offensive coordinator. They or have Jacksonville. Over there. Yo, uh, let me post. Let me post something to you guys. New England. Um, tremendously exactly i had a steelers fan tell me that they would fire matt canada in a second and bring in frank reich right now and i actually thought that was brilliant i think it's i mean i would too their offense is is pitiful well it's pitiful because they had no quarterback i mean yeah but i don't think i actually think kenny Kenny pickett has shown that he could play a little bit a little bit but their offensive line is not there yet no and like to me their scheme is just off like Najee Harris last year, when you looked at him, you're like, wow, this dude's going to be a Hall of Famer. Now you see him, and he catches the ball. There's nobody within five yards of him, and he loses two yards. He's Trent Richardson. Legitimately, that's who he, that is exactly the path that he's taken. Yeah. That's where it's going. Yeah. He looks, he looks terrible. I would bring in Mr. Warren, Jalen Warren. He's good. They really probably should if they want to actually try to win. I mean, at this point, Najee Harris is hurting them. But point being, though, I thought that was an excellent fit. And I think something that, I mean, the Steelers should have fired Matt Canada yesterday and the day before. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Frank Reich. We don't know if he's going to come back this season. Um, he may even have a head coaching opportunity next year. It's not like like he was a bad coach overall. Uh, still seven games over 500, two playoff appearances. Um, the guy won a Super Bowl as a coordinator. He's well-respected around the league. Like, he might actually get a head coach job next year. I'm not even going to rule that out for him, um, given that, you know, everyone what everyone sees with Jim Irsay. I mean, he obviously, the guy's hard to work with. So that's my next question for you guys, and then we'll move on. Um, I'm sure everybody saw that press conference. But just in general, thoughts on Jim Irsay and the direction of the Colts under Jim Irsay? Uh, to me, they're trending down, and, I mean – I, I, it's apparent that he still loves cocaine. 
<laughs> he really does. He 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 enjoys it. It's a hobby of his. You see Godfather's comment too. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great comment too. Because when he was saying that, you're talking about like, oh, I like to eat sausage. I don't know how to make it. I don't know how to cook it. It's like, bro, are you on coke right now? <laughs> like, what are you what are you talking about? He feels free. He's free. He's just saying what is whatever is on his mind. <sighs> free spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a free, free spirit. spirit. Yeah, but you should at least make sense when you're a free spirit. I know, but he could do whatever the fuck he wants. He owns the fucking culture. I don't know how to make sausage. Do I don't know what goes into he sausage. He could do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants. And he when could he say stupid shit like that and still walk away with billions of dollars, bro. He that's fine until fuck. his and then when his precious franchise is going is sinking and nobody wants to go there and play. You see, you know, <clears throat> he strikes me as a guy who's like kind of like a weirdly he's kind of like a mastermind in a way oh my like god. i think i oh think god, i think yeah. he paints to the public that he's like a stupid idiot but behind closed doors man <laughs> he'd be cooking bro because yo the colts been they've been pretty good the last 10 years they had andrew luck and peyton manning for most of them and they went to the championship game yeah but they haven't been they had two super you had the they second best in, quarterback ever and andrew luck was on and pace they, to be one and of the they best brought in philip rivers on his last goddamn year and made the playoffs exactly right and then ever since then it was all downhill and then they brought in carson wentz right which is a good they move missed. right is that a good move from you guys i thought it was at the time is it a good move you guys yeah. love carson wentz right is it a good yeah. move it was a good move the Colts, they, they haven't really been no, that bad. No, because he put his foot in his mouth when he got rid of him for no reason. Well, he just that didn't like it. Issue. Oh, oh, he he wants to talk about character. Yeah, he didn't fit his his character. He didn't fit his locker room. That's what he felt. He's yeah. the owner of the team. He has the fucking moral say of what, what goes on in that team. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's he bad. seems to be the one of those guys that are goofy on the outside, but like behind closed doors, man, he, he, he knows what he's doing. You know what, uh, Nick? Actually, I think at one point, I probably would agree with that. I think that for the longest time that he's been a great owner, but I think just until recently, he's been getting more hands-on, more impatient, and I actually think that he's disruptive now. And I think no, the Carson Wentz thing, he lost the trust of the players, free agents that want to go there. He lost the trust of those people because he, he stabbed his franchise player in the back. A he player that was well-respected in the locker room that he's not even a part of. That's the the thing that's interesting. And I think that's where he, he kind of lost the room a little bit. And he's making it look like he's hard to work with, too. That That's something that's new. I don't think it always was that way. I think he's always been a great owner. But up until recently, this is a, this is a disturbing pattern. He needs to step out of the way. Paul, say what you were going to say. He's starting to remind me of Jerry Jones. That's exactly that he just wants a puppet at head coach. That's exactly what he's starting to remind me of. And he's getting a little bit older, maybe a little more desperate to win while he's still around. I mean, it makes sense because that's that's where Jerry's been. Jerry's been ruining this franchise, honestly. Oh, and uh, hold on, not for nothing, but he fired um, the 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 coach um, after they went two and fourteen and got Andrew Luck, and he was a good coach. I can't think of his name. Damn, he coached Caldwell. for the Lions. Caldwell. Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Yeah. That was a dumb uh, yeah. move. Yeah, that, that was a bad move. And he hired that uh, Chuck Pagano, who wasn't that sharp, because his team got better. Now, that was a whole different story, and I'm not insulting him before this goes sideways. He had cancer and shit, <laughs> shit got bad. I understand it. But when he went out and Bruce Arians stepped in for him, that team got better. So those are things that you look at. And you're just like, okay, well, that's questionable. That's questionable. When you don't have a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck leading your team who are once in a lifetime talents, it's a problem. Hey man, they're still competitive. They find a way in the playoffs somehow. 
Well, that ends now, but they just need a quarterback. Yeah, quarterback driven. Have no quarterback. If your quarterback is Sam Ellinger, you have no chance. I don't care if you go against Mac Jones. I don't care if you go against the worst quarterback in the league. You can go against Baker Mayfield. You'll have a chance to win. It's just it's a quarterback driven league, and that's just that's really the bottom line. If you don't have a quarterback, you have you have no chance. It's just just look around look around the league. I agree totally, and, that, and that's why it's weird that he he ruined stability with his team by moving on from Carson Wentz after a good first year. It was puzzling, and it didn't work out for either side. Both sides went downhill. Carson Wentz can't play to save his life right now, and the Colts somehow got worse. Somehow got worse. They were one of the hottest teams in the league last year. I mean, hottest in the league. <laughs> so how it turned out, it didn't work out, but. Are we ready to move on, guys? Yeah. You know it. All right, Philly Phil. So now we're on the topic of head coaches getting fired. There's a lot of guys on the hot seat right now. There's a lot of teams on the hot seat, a lot of coaches on the hot seat. So we're going to have a little segment here where we're going to try to predict who the next head coach will be that is fired and when. And I'm going to read a list to the audience right now of the updated odds of coaches to be fired next. I'm going to start from the top, okay? Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, did you say something, Paul? Nah, nah. Yeah, he said fuck with top. Nah, 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 fuck that. If you're going to say it, you're going to say it. He said he fucked with top. Period, bottom line. That's what he said. I'll repeat it. Loud no and problem. proud. No problem. <laughs> I missed that on my end. That is, it's shot o'clock here at P&I as usual, okay? Now at the top of the list, Cliff Kingsbury, plus 225. Lovey Smith. Plus 350, Josh McDaniels plus 500, Kevin Stefanski plus 750, Nathaniel Hackett, somehow only fifth on this list, plus 1,000, Todd Bowles plus 1,000, Ron Rivera plus 1,200, and so is Dan Campbell. These are the updated odds of who's to be fired next. It's our job, though, to decide who deserves it. And then we also got to decide who actually will be fired next and when. Okay. So who wants to start off? I'll start off because Nick's microphone broke. So he's trying to fix it. Uh, yeah, actually, then, Pauls, let me ask you something real quick. Yeah, Are you surprised by those odds that I just listed? I am. Um, I mean, look, here's the thing. The, co- the reason that I'm surprised is because the coaches that are on that list for the uh, they're first year head coaches. Like Kevin Stefan are not first year head coaches. They just got deals. Kevin Stefanski just, I mean, Jesus, Cliff Kingsbury just got a new deal. So, I mean, to fi- he looks like the number one to me, and he's the, the favorite on the odds. So, to me, I would say Cliff Kingsbury. Josh McDaniels, he's next. He just got a new, I think, five year deal. He stinks. Lovey Smith, he doesn't really have much to work with there. Now you have the whole Brandon Cook saga. So, I mean, he's always going to be a, every Houston candidate is always a candidate to get fired. Kevin Stefanski, I don't know why he's on that list. Cleveland, in my opinion, is doing well with him considering they have Jacoby Brissett. Then you have Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I mean, look, 
the season's been a disaster, but against the Jaguars last week in London, they did look a little bit formidable, a lot better than they looked than they looked in the previous previous seven seven games. Stop it. They did. Then you have Todd Bowles. Uh, I think he should be higher on the list. He's been really bad, to be honest. Um, I mean, that they have no offense. Their offense looks pitiful. Ron Rivera. They started winning a few games beat with uh, Taylor Heineke, and then you have Dan Campbell, who no he way. was. I don't, I don't see that either. He was great in hard knocks, no great way. story, but they're underperforming. So he had to be on that list. Not after he just beat Green Bay. So that's, that matters. Yeah, that bought him some time, I think, a little bit. Uh, I'll say the next one is going to be I, – I, I like Cliff Kingsbury uh, to be the one, the next one. I mean, dude, they're three and six. You just signed your quarterback for 200 and something – $235 million. What the fuck are you doing? You should be winning football games. You should be six and three, not three and six. When you have a quarterback who's making $240 million, he's supposed to take you to that next level. And you're the you're the head coach to get that guy to that next level where you projected his play versus his pay to be where it's at. And it's not elite level. So they need to pick it up. And their defense has been really, really shaky as well. Uh, as the Seahawks completely carved them up. Um, and they've just been underperforming, uh, to say the least. Uh, and then I'll say my my second favorite, I'll probably say Josh McDaniels. Uh, again, the Raiders, they have a, a boatload of talent. Doesn't seem like it's meshing. Doesn't seem like it's working. Uh, they blew another 17-point lead. This is the third 17-point third lead they uh they gave up this year. I mean, that's that's season changing. If you convert them to wins, they're right in the playoff hunt. And now they're on, you know, they're on the outside looking in and they're they're trying top to fight. Five pick. Yeah, <laughs> top five pick. Bless and and uh it's just not Please. looking good. Yeah, God bless you. And uh the whole the whole usage with Devontae Adams is confusing. When you use him, he he, he goes crazy. When you don't use him, it's you lose. I you, put this I on just, TikTok. I don't get it. He had 10 catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns in the first half and shot a blank in the second. Yeah. Well, I, I and I, I also, I mean, like Hunter Renfro has been really disappointing too. I mean, injury, like the injury aside, he's been really disappointing. He was awesome last year. I mean, he was, he was moving the chains. He had a thousand yards last year with no help on the outside. And now he's just a mid ass wide receiver. And it's just like, what happened? It's just like, it's crazy. So I would say Josh McDaniels would be number two. Uh, they will be my favorites. Top Bowles just 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 completely won his job back from beating the Rams. And also, can we can we even say? In Seattle, they're four and six. They're in the NFC South, which stinks. They had their bye week coming up. They're not going to fire them there. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to give it like one last chance to boost for, for, for the playoff run. I didn't think he was ever getting fired, to be honest. I really don't yeah, because he made it with with like Bruce Arians like gifting him the no, job and all that. I never thought that he was even on that list. Then can we even say with certainty that it's his fault cuz the man runs the defense and last time I checked the defense was the strongest unit on the team and Byron Leftwich maybe should be the one in question first if I were to go that route, but I, I don't think Todd Bowles was ever in danger. Um I I kind of feel like like who who would I want to be fired? I want Cliff Kingsbury fired last year. I wanted this man fired because all that we've seen now in his tenure is Kyler Murray making the most out of nothing. Basically, Cliff Kingsbury don't know how to call a game. Um, he's a horrible play caller. 
and you clearly see there's a rift between his team and him. There's a clear rift between him and his quarterback, and, and that's not conducive to success, and the extension is extremely puzzling. Um, but that right there is the reason why I don't think he will be next. And also, I think he might have afforded himself a little bit of flexibility with last year's season. That's not what I would do, but I'm telling you what the Cardinals are going to do because I I think that the Cardinals are obviously a little whacked. Um, the front office makes some weird moves there. So I think the, the, the person who's going to be fired next is going to be Josh McDaniels because I, I just don't see how you can – how can you – how can you escape this season with the way that it's going? I mean, this offense is supposed to be dominant with all the talent that they have. And not not just that, but the team being a playoff team, they're supposed to be building on this, the success there. And your quarterback just forgot how to play football too, which all happened under your watch. So it's just like this team has too much offensive talent to be this bad offensively. And then you and you factor in the fact that this guy already has a question mark as a leader. So, like, it, it just seems apparent to me that they responded better to Rich Passaccia. I, I wonder why they didn't give him the job. Um, they tried to get cute. It was probably that haircut that Mark Davis had that fucked his brain up. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that's I mean, it's got to be something because, you know, I, I don't see how – like, Al Davis is rolling in his grave right now. Watching this team. This team is horrible. Horrible. Hey, I, I don't under. I just. I don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand them. I really don't. I mean, just when I thought that getting shut out by the Saints, another bad team, was like the bottom, you then turn around and blow a seventeen-point lead to Jacksonville. I mean, what what's next? And that's the thing, Mike. Is like I don't see where it turns around. Like. They maybe win this week because they're playing the Colts, who happen to be as much of a dumpster fire and a worse quarterback. If they like, lose like, this week, if they lose this week, I'm, I'm out of things to say. I think he needs to be fired after the game. He will. He will not. He will get fired after the game if they lose to the Colts. This and week. especially, we think about this too. There's a plot behind that game that no one's Absolutely. talking about. Josh and McDaniels the Colts, them up. The Colts get spurned by this man. I. I, I mean. It's a bad spot. It's a bad yeah. spot. The Raiders okay. better win that game. Gosh, That's all I'm going to say. They got bro. Jeff Saturday. They're going to smoke the Colts. They got bro. a mastermind in Jim Ursay. They're going to smoke the Colts, bro. They should smoke the Colts. They don't have a quarterback. Did you not listen to? They the got Ellinger. I said. I heard everything you said. I didn't say he was a bad. I, I didn't say he was a, he was a bad hire. I said I said they had nothing to lose. They got a mastermind. I said Jim Ursay could be a mastermind <laughs> behind closed doors. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. He, I, I just I gave you my reasons 20 minutes ago. But anyway, we're moving on. Anyway, I, I have a crazy stat though. So the Raiders this year, right? And this is crazy. This is this I can't is wait to hear this. The Raiders this year have lost three times after leading by at least 17, tying the NFL record also held by the 2020 Chargers and the 2003 Falcons. From 1984 to 2021, the Raiders went 106 and three in games where they led by at least 17. They just lost three games this year. <laughs> that's crazy. No. And that's the other thing is like, that's 30 it's not years. Even, it's not even luck at that point. It's not even luck at that point. It's just like, how do you, how do you choke that away? 
Like how? Because I, I had said to you guys earlier, like in, in preseason, that the Raiders are due some bad luck. They won too many one-score games. That There's no luck involved in that. When you blow a 17-point lead, you just – you either suck or you don't care. That's that's what it is to me. It's, like, it's like, not even luck anymore. And that's, Mike, that right there is embarrassing. I don't even take it as that, to be honest. When you blow 17-point leads like that, to me, that's all coaching. You just can't that do that. The first red flag was against the Cardinals. The Cardinals were flat that whole game, and they came back and won. Like the, that shouldn't that that right there, that early was the turning moment, in my opinion. That was when it was like, okay, this is never going to work. It was right there. You can't do that against the Cardinals team. That's not good. That's so true, man. Because you got to learn. You got to learn from your lessons. If you can't learn it now, then you're never going to learn. You're never going to learn. Like, exactly. like after, like, like after the first team did it, did you not <laughs> learn a lesson? Like after the game, like damn, yo, we got to play all four quarters. We got to play for sixty fucking minutes. Like, did that not? Did the message not get like, you know, translated to to week nine? Where did it get missed in translation? Yeah. Like what? It, like what? What happens at halftime? I don't know. It's a good question. They probably sit around, eat hot dogs, drink you know, drink some Gatorade, listen yeah. to some Drizzy, her oh, loss. Yeah. And you know, just to listen to that guy, you know? He's a dork. But it's like Josh McDaniels is not a leader of men. Josh McDaniels is a phenomenal coordinator. Josh McDaniels knows his home is in New England, and that's where he needs to go. That, that's that's what needs to happen. They need to actually go. Look, the Packers are in disarray. I say, hey, Rich Passaccia, come back. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I'm wrong. Please save us again. Please. That would yeah, be he's... awesome, but it's not going to happen. But that would be Wait, awesome. <laughs> do you actually think that they could fire him this year? Because I don't. Yeah. Unless the only reason, I, the only way I would say they did is if they were four and thirteen. Yeah, I do because I think that Mark Davis will probably be impatient and. Josh McDaniels has already had an opportunity one time around and people don't forget stuff, you know, people forget. So I don't think anything's safe. That team plays in Las Vegas. They got plenty of money. They don't got to worry about spending money. Coach, um, you know, hopefully they learn from their mistake. I mean, they, they had a wave of momentum with Rich Passaccia. It is really honestly puzzling. We said it at the time. I didn't think it would be this bad, though. I really didn't think it would be this bad. I thought they'd be able to score some points, and they struggled to, to even score two touchdowns a game. That's unheard of. I'm, I'm actually stunned by that. And it's not just them, either. There's a number of teams this year that don't, don't make any sense. They can't even score more than 14 points. It's like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that coming from this team. I thought they'd at least score. So. I don't know. I also think, I mean, look, I, I – He's such an offensive genius to me. It's just like to, to, to not get Devontae Adams to football in the second half, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like malpractice, Nick. Yeah. I, I mean, what is going on? I mean, how do you how do you pay a, a wide receiver $120 million and not give him the football in the second half of the game? You're, you're trying to win the football game, man. You need a win. You're desperate for a win. You had you had it right in the back. And you let it slip away because you didn't want to give it to your best players. Yeah, next. <laughs> by the way, that's another divorce He's that went room week by week, too. Yo, that's I mean, another question. That's another divorce that didn't work out for either party. The Packers 
Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, nobody won. Sometimes you got to just stick together, man. Push through it. Like, nobody won. It sucks. Now both teams suck. Yep. So, all right, you guys ready to move on to some fantasy football? Let's rock. Billy Bill. We got some scorching hot fantasy topics today. Fantasy burning questions, gentlemen. All right. We're going to speed it up a little bit here. Um, I got four different topics here. And I, I think this is going to be really helpful for the fantasy community. And these are, these are you know, pretty trendy things here that we got to talk about. So first up, we alluded to this guy not too long ago on the show. I'm happy nobody broke it down any further. This man being Jonathan Taylor, the undisputed best back in the league going into the season, is fighting an injury. It's pretty clear he's not himself right now. Um, and he missed this week with, with that same ankle injury. It's been bothering him. So, that being said, with the Colts season unraveling, everything going on, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, what do you do with this man? Because I had referenced the part where I could see them sitting him out the rest of the year. So you have to proceed with some caution here. Tell me what you would do if you're a JT owner. I would sell him because his name's going to hold weight and he's just in a bad situation. Like I would want nothing to do with that. That's going to be a headache for the rest of the year. There, he's on a really bad team. And now you have the now your co- you have uh, a coaching issue, you have a quarterback issue, you have an offensive line issue. You're going to have a wide receiver issue due to the quarterback issue. That's just, I would sell him because his name's going to hold weight. Yeah. I mean, I would sell him too, but what do you, what, realistically, what can you get for him at I don't, this point? I mean, what's his stock, right? Like, low. If, if I, if I was an owner, I would probably ask for a low, you know, a mid tier running back and a wide receiver in return. That would be, I'd be okay with that because at least I'd, I'd get wide receiver depth if I needed it. And I get a running back in return because running backs are really valuable in this league. So if you're going to give up a player like Jonathan Taylor, you damn sure it'd be better, you know, get one back to cover your ass. You're going to need a running back. They're thin. You know, it's the, it's probably the thinnest position in, 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 in you know, in fantasy besides, besides, you know, at, you know, outside of tight ends, yeah. but you know, they're a dime a dozen. But what I'm saying is running back is so crucial. So if you're going to give up a Jonathan Taylor, you have to get a running back in return. Um, I, who what's the what's the the bar for that i mean maybe like a jeff wilson and uh you know uh deontay johnson type wide receiver maybe you know i mean one of them a package something like that lazard yeah maybe maybe i don't know i mean lazard is the number one in green bay so it's not a bad idea he's had seven targets in every game he's played yeah he's been all right he's been all right but i I don't know if i could trust him i know that's Um, my problem that's my problem broken offense yeah well with like deontay i know i could trust him i know he's getting me 10 a game i don't care who's that quarterback he's awesome um for fantasy that is and in real life but yeah i would just go after him you know a a mid-tier running back and a wide receiver that would be the return that i would i would get if i was an owner which is wild because last year he was untradeable yeah he was 35 a week yeah (laughs) yeah i mean honestly I, I, I'm the one who brings up this shutdown point because I think it's truly valid. Like I, I really do think there's, there's some, some possible truth to the fact that they might want to tank 
And why would you want to have your franchise, your best player in your franchise, a transcendent player, potentially make this injury worse heading into next year? This season's done. Like, for me, yeah, I would definitely try to sell um, because there are going to be owners, due to what Nick's saying, with the running back depth being very short, there's going to be somebody that's going to pay for this guy. It's probably going to require like a someone in the 15 to 25 range. And it's probably going to have to be a multiplayer deal. And someone's going to gamble on the upside and this guy getting healthy. I mean, at this point, and it, it sucks. Like a month ago, I literally gave someone advice to actually trade for him. It was a perfect buy low. He was giving up nothing. Um, I'm pretty sure it was actually James. I don't know if he's here tonight. He could maybe uh, reference that. But like at that point, he was a buy low. At this current point, it somehow has gotten worse in Indy. I, I really think he might get shut down. Like the first thing I'm doing is I'm I'm trying to sell him. And on top of that, you know, I, I don't love the running back room with the Colts, but volume is king. If Deion Jackson keeps getting this volume, he's going to be relevant. I don't think he will because Zach Moss is going to take over that job soon when he's up to speed with the playbook. So, But you have two relevant guys right there is what I'm saying. Trade them, scoop one of those guys up, and hope that you get a running back in your trade too. And then maybe it's like, all right, I got two guys that might be able to be flex-worthy and get me by instead of this chance of me having to drop Jonathan Taylor. And I don't want that to happen, you know? That guy, I invested the number one overall pick in. I have to get something for him before uh, it's too late. Uh, uh, what the fuck? Yo, anyone uh, still in the comment section? Uh, Yo, we still rocking and rolling. We still here. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's, it's theories here. I think we're back. I we think back? we are back. Oh, yeah, wait. I, I do see it live. Yeah, sorry about that. We we restreamed is completely shut down on us. We're going to get a refund. Believe yeah, that. facts. Monte was. Hey, my, I got to get Monte in here again. Though. Was We're back. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, not really sure what happened. The restream platform shut down. That wasn't us. Um, Nick upgraded from Virgin Mobile, so his internet was. Nah, don't 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 play me like that. It was not my. It was not my internet. My internet was, <laughs> as Philly Phil would say. <laughs> don't play me like that. All right, nah, we got Mikey no. P back. All right, we're back. Hi, handsome. I, I apologize to everybody. It looks like Restream failed us, but it looks like we're back up. It looks like it saved our spot, too. It says we're 48 minutes in, and the chat's still live. So, listen, I don't know how much of that just got cut off. I'll just summarize what I was saying. Long story short, I'd be looking to sell because I can't have a guy that I invested the number one overall pick in and not get anything right now. God forbid they do shut him down. Okay. You guys still hear me, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first thing I'm doing. I'm trading. I'm getting a guy in the 15 to 25 range and then make it a two for one, get a wide receiver, like Nick said. And the other thing is Deion Jackson and Zach Moss will probably be fantasy relevant. I would probably want to have a share of one of them at least. And then this way, okay, I have between, you know, I have the, the guys I acquired in the trade. And then now one of the Colts backs on top of that, I have at least three guys that I could play as a flex or someone in my starting lineup. And this way, I I made it so that I don't fall flat on my face if this guy gets 
shut down tomorrow and I have to release him and get nothing. That's what if, I would do. If you guys want to flex, you're done. <laughs> you're done. You have no chance. You're, you're, you're getting a zero, guys. You're getting a zero or you're getting a 0. 0.7. That's what you're getting. Zach Moss. If you got Zach Moss in your flex, and I do I highly recommend do not do that. Deion Jackson is the guy, bro. He's been there the last couple weeks. He had a great week uh, two, uh, two weeks ago. When he when he actually got the carries, um, he was great. I mean, look, last week he played New England. He had 11 carries for 23 yards. Tough defense. They were in New England. Okay, I give him some slack, but I, I would say Deion Jackson would be the guy moving forward, and, and and he can catch the passes too as well. So that would be the guy that I would have on my roster. But as a flex, I, I, I'm not there yet. Um, but yeah, don't get don't don't put Zach Moss in your flex. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, they traded for the guy. And realistically, that's with the plans of of bumping him up. That's exactly what that is, especially given they know Jonathan Taylor's hurt. That move signals to me that they want him to take over the job when he's up to speed with the playbook. doesn't matter how I feel, but volume does matter. So whoever is going to get that volume makes them relevant to me. And whether or not I play that guy in my flex is a whole different story. I'm just saying, though. If the guy's going to have volume, running back sucks this year. Sure That's do. the point I'm trying to make. I have Deion Jackson in Austin Eckler, don't suck. Austin Eckler don't suck, though. And I've been, I told everybody, yo, number one running back in fantasy, bro. He's ridiculous. Yo, he is a cheat code, bro. Like, he, he's, he's great, man. Like, I love Austin Eckler. I am a big fantasy fan of Austin Eckler. I mean, he rightfully is, so. He is like the Cooper Cup of the of the running backs like it's him and everybody else see but that's the thing nick is i don't think anyone doubted eckler it was the damn chargers the chargers all year like what four weeks into the season not giving him the work he deserves that he earned last year that we all know he can that he can handle he's extremely talented so they learned they learned unfortunately it might have cost him a couple games too it might have cost him that's fine. I mean, he, he was demand. better EMC. He was a better pick than everybody else. I mean, if you, Austin, if you look at uh, Austin Eckler's numbers versus Derrick Henry, would is it is it that far off in the first couple of weeks? Uh, no, because uh, Henry had two bad weeks. His yeah. first two weeks, I think he had like seven or eight points, mm -hmm. and then after that, he's basically at twenty five every right. week. Right. So Henry really caught on. It just took yeah. him. It takes time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For I agree. Sure. And now, I mean, he gets thirty carries a game. Yeah, well, he's, they, so, yeah, he's a beast. He's amazing. So, guys, yeah. while we're on the subject of running backs, feel bad. We would be remiss to not mention Joe Mixon, who he's back. I guess Joe Mixon, twenty-six touches, two hundred eleven total yards, five touchdowns. He basically corrected his numbers from the rest of the season. Like he had three touchdowns going into the game. He surpassed that. And he corrected his stat line. Like now, if you looked at it, you didn't pay attention the whole year. It looks like what it should be just from this one game. So my question to you, is Joe Mixon a trusted RB1 again? And buy, sell, or hold if you're an owner? Well, I don't think he was untrusted as an RB1. Uh, I think he was kind of teetering. I think he was just like a little bit like, is he going to start to produce like he did last year? 
But last year, they were also running the ball a lot more, which is something that I think they got away from in the beginning of the year because I think the hype was so much on Chase and Higgins, and, and rightfully so. They're both, you know, they're great. But last year, they ran the ball a ton. And I think this year with the O-line issues and stuff, they were just trying to air it out. But you have to establish the run. And Joe Mixon's a good back, a really good back. And this week, I mean, look, he's not going to have five touchdowns every week. But that's a, this is a good sign, and it's it, that does wonders for somebody's confidence too. If you're running behind a piss poor O line, well, you know his ceiling is is much higher than we thought. Oh, for sure, especially now with Chase with Chase out, he's probably who's he's probably the most trusted option for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I think Mixon had probably three bad games this year. I mean, if you consider nine points a bad game, probably for him, I would say yes, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but you could say nine points guy, he got 90 yards. He just didn't see the end zone. Correct. Which, you know, which is, if you're, I'm a Deontay Johnson owner. That's the issue with Deontay Johnson right now. He's just not scoring. He gets you nine, 10 points a week on 12 targets. He's just not getting in the end zone. And that's Deontay. that's the difference between Deontay Johnson being a three or a four and being a two right there. Well, that's the thing with Joe Mixon is I, I wonder – I mean, the guy's always nicked up. And, yeah, Mike, they were definitely – I mean, they were at their best last year when they were a run-first football team, which was most of the season. They started to air it out a little bit more going to the playoffs, but they started on their run last year when they ran the football. Part of it probably is that. Part of it is the guy being nicked up because otherwise, like, he looked like himself this week. He looked like he had juice again. The guy – like the entire season was extremely inefficient and looked like he was slow and just wasn't himself. So, I mean, at this point, yeah. Well, with the running backs being the way they are, you have to trust them. I I would not – I would be calling him a hold because, like, if you tried to sell him off of this big game, I can't imagine that there's much you can pivot to that's going to be better than Joe Mixon. I would hold him because this is what I expect out of him. I don't expect five TDs, but I expect him to be a productive RB1 in a good offense and has a goal line role, catch some passes. I would hold him. Um, and I wouldn't like outright try to buy him either unless the price was right because I'm not going to jump after one game with, with all the Bengals issues. I think he's a solid hold, though. He's he's definitely still an RB one. There's no question to me. Yeah, def definitely depends on what your position is. If if you're a teetering playoff team, if you're, um, you know, a four and five team, and you have Joe Mixon, and, and you just won, you were three and five, you just became four and five, and you got bye weeks coming up, and you you know you want to balance your roster a little bit more heading to the you know the playoffs. I'm not opposed to selling. I'm, you know, I, I would get a running back in return, but I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a damn good player after that too. Yeah, sure. I'm getting two good players in return for one great one, because running backs, are, you know, I like, you know, like I said, they're scarce. I, I, I would say Joe Mixon is a top ten play for the rest of the season. Oh, without right? doubt, without right. doubt, yes. Yeah, right. Again, especially with Chase out. Correct. So his value is still high. So it really depends on where you're at. If you're if you're like two and seven, I mean. You know, <laughs> you might as well just hold them at that point. But if you, I mean, if you're seven and two, you probably hold them too, right? Yeah. Depending on where you're at, depending on if you know if if you have injuries, you know, if you ever if you have Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, you know, it's it's also an interesting conversation. Um, but it 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 just really depends on how you want to balance your roster and what position you're in. 
Because if I'm four and five, I'm looking to move. Because I need to sell high at the maximum point. Because I'm trying to get into the playoffs and balance my, you know, the rest of my roster out. And what better time to sell than after a 55 point performance? Yeah, and even if I had two good wide receivers and my flex was, you know, um, a Brandon Cooks or a Gabe Davis, I probably would 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 upgrade that position, get three stud wide receivers, and still have a running back, you know, an RB two in there. Yeah, I think that works out better, especially in PPR leagues. I think I think that's that's the play you go. PPR. I, that's 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 the main game. You know, not I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't catch passes, but how often is he gonna have 55 points? This is where you sell high, this is where you balance your team, this is where you make a playoff run, and and then and then you 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 go from there. And whatever happens, happens. That's fantasy. Yep. So that that would be my advice. Yeah, and I just wonder, like, if you can get a good deal for him, it definitely there's no better time. I, I just wonder what you'll be able to get that's much better than Joe Mixon at this point. That's the hard part for me is like there's only probably a few names that I really would want to replace him with. I'd have to take a, a slight downgrade at running back, but I would take an upgrade at receiver like like you're saying, Nick, which actually makes a lot of sense if you are trying to balance your roster. It's it's always going to be roster dependent, but like right. I don't know any running back that I could replace him with where I feel like it's an outright upgrade that I can at least afford. If I have, if I go up a notch, it's like, okay, I'm looking at like Alvin Kamara and I don't even think I'd be able to get that deal done. Cause I think the Kamara owner is going to say no, or like a Dalvin cook. I'm going to say no, you know? Well, I don't think you would get one of them in return. I'm kind of looking at like an RB too. Like I'm looking, yeah, you're at looking at a running back receiver combination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, something that makes sense for both sides. You're right. Like if I gave up, like, I, I mean, it's kind of hard to, I mean, who's a good RB too? We just say James Conner and, you know, James Conner and maybe um, who's a good wide Would you receiver? do Devin Singletary and A.J. Brown for Joe Mixon? Devin Singletary. Well, that's a good one. That's I, a would, good one. I would think about it. It's a good one. I would. Because Devin Singletary has been an RB2 this year. Mm -hmm. What's his average points per game? Who? Singletary? Yeah. He gets like roughly 9 to 12. I would say right in that range. And occasionally when he scores a touchdown here and there, he gets Who's your flex. Deontay Johnson. Okay. And he gets about 10 points a game mm -hmm. and you have two stud wide receivers, right? Just saying you have two stud yep. wide receivers and you want to trade and you have Joe Mixon. You have two stud wide receivers. You have a good RB two, right? And you want to trade Joe Mixon for. Um, Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary and AJ Brown. And you have, I, I probably, I would think about it. Sure, absolutely. Why not? And Devin Singletary is on a high-powered offense. Because if you because AJ Brown is getting 20, 20 points per game, he's getting at least fifteen to twenty a game, right? It's his floor. If Mixon gives you, you know, if Mixon's good game, quote unquote, usually, I, I would say at least uh, seventeen. AJ Brown already exceeds him, and you gain a running back. If he gets you nine and he scores, it's fifteen. Yep. Right. You're kind of looking for more balance. Like yeah. I always go with the balance approach because if I'm top heavy at one position, then I'm dependent on that position. Yep. I'm in that boat right now with Derrick Henry. Speak on it. I'm in that boat right now because in the beginning of the year, I made an awful trade when it was too early. And now Mike and I had Mike Williams. He was acquired in that trade with Nick Chubb and Mike Williams went down. So now I just lost my wide my best wide receiver at the time. 
when you have Derrick Henry, if Derrick Henry doesn't get me 30 points or not 30, but if he doesn't get me 20 to 25 points, it's, it's tough for me to win. Who's your wide receivers? Curtis Samuel, who's been great this year. He's a top 20 receiver. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he's struggling. I think he's like ranked 35th or something like that. But like I said, it's 10 points a week, but I'm just missing that touchdown. And then I picked up Josh Palmer, who gets all the targets. I have Justin Herbert. So Palmer was fine. I think he had 17 this week off of nine or 10 targets. So Hmm. they're no names, but they produce. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's all you need, right? Like if, if, if your flex gets you... 12 to 15 points like you're you're in good most shape. of the people and i'm one of them because i bit when i traded chubb the issue was is that when i traded him for cam Akers and mike williams nobody was saying that cam Akers was going to be that bad well not play right essentially he was, was he before, was in, this is before week one kickoff yeah correct? everybody said that everybody that you were reading from analysts and professionals or whatever saying he was in the rb2 conversation so at the time I jumped on it, which now, you know, I learned a valuable lesson, but nobody knew that was going to happen. So before the, se- the three days before the season started, I, I hit an iceberg and I stayed afloat for a little bit, but you know, you live and you learn. It is what it is, yeah. but I'm just saying I'm in the situation now where I'm top heavy. I, I know exactly what that is. It's yeah. if, if my number one guy doesn't perform, it's, it's trouble. This lights out for the most part. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's frustrating too, right? Because it's like, damn, like if I can just get one, you know, somebody off the waiver wire that can boom for me and just give me that one little juice. It was Curtis Samuel. Yeah. If I never made the trade, Curtis Samuel was more than capable. He's been awesome. Like, again, I know he's not a name. Right. But he is 12 points a week guaranteed, and he just had 18 points because he scored a touchdown. He's been great. Well, you wouldn't have Mike Williams for those weeks too as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's Shit all happens. situational. Shit happens. Yeah, yeah, right. That's fantasy. Guys, we got a great question um, in the comments, and this is – I want a quick answer here, but Yee says he has Lamar on a bye this week. He's asking Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, or Trevor Lawrence. Here's the matchups. Jones versus the Texans at home. Mariota on Thursday Night Football on the road to Carolina. Dalton. On the road versus the Steelers, or Trevor Lawrence on the road versus the Chiefs. Those are your options. I'm taking Daniel Jones um, against the Texans. He's a runner, um, and that's really where I am. The Marcus Mariota. They're all, it's a short week. You're going. You're traveling to Carolina. You just played them. They're fresh in your mind. Andy Dalton. I mean, that's like that's a hit or miss. That's a dangerous play because he can reward you with 25, but his floor is low. And then, um, Trevor Lawrence, he's a roller coaster. He is a roller coaster and he's just not, it's not worth it. Give me, give me well, Daniel they, Jones. And I know that I'm going to get it. They might be throwing all game though, because they could be getting smoked. Who? Oh, the uh, Jack- Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. But he could also have a lot of interceptions too, which could hurt him. Yeah. That's also so, uh, and fumbles. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. oh, and Andy Dalton facing the Steelers coming off a bye. I mean, the yes. Steelers secondary and pass defense has been pretty weak otherwise, but they are coming off a bye. I just want to point it out. I would go Daniel Jones too, by the way, just because I got the floor with the legs. I think all four of the options are pretty similar. I'll, I'll go with the, the team that should have a positive script and Jan- Daniel Jones coming off of his best game of the season, especially on the ground. 
it's tough, man. I mean, look, I, I hate Daniel Jones. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan. And I don't, I don't, but he, he has some wheels to him a little bit. So I, I would go with Daniel Jones. He's home. He's playing the Texans. They're, they're, they're really poor. They're rebuilding franchise Mariota. Um, it's division game. I don't like it. I don't like the spot for them, uh, especially on the road in Carolina. Uh, division games are always tough. I just, it, it, I don't, I don't feel good about it. Dal Dalton, you saw what it was uh, uh, on Monday night last night against the Ravens. Nah, I'm good, man. I don't want to rely on the red rifle. Uh, Terrence, Ter uh, Terrence, Trevor Terrence. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's he's kind of intriguing, right? Because like, I feel like the Jags, like they pass a lot. They're pass happy team. Yep. Um, but they also have a lot of balance too. But they, you know, I I think the the play action is going to be big for him in this game against the Chiefs. Uh, but you know, if it depends, you know, if 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 that's a close game, I don't love Trevor Lawrence. If it's a blowout, I love Trevor Lawrence because I think he's going to get all the garbage time. But I, I'll I'll lean towards Daniel Jones. That's that's probably I, I don't feel good about Daniel Jones, but if that's your only options, he's the best one out of the four, for sure. So there you go. Ye, all three of us say Daniel Jones. And now, guys, moving on. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I thought he was canceled. Yeah. I, yeah. He's here tonight. He's a PI fan. So appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so um anyway, Justin Fields. Oh my goodness. What a game of Justin Fields. His best game is a pro. Four total touchdowns. He broke an NFL record, rushing record that was held by Michael Vick. 178 rushing yards and another touchdown on 15 carries. He also Became the first QB since 1950 with at least 150 yards rushing and three TD passes in a game. Here are his stats for the last three games, guys. Six passing TDs, one INT, three rushing TDs. So you heard nine total TDs, one pick, and at least 60 rushing yards in each of his last four games. 80 plus in three of the four. I'm reading this on purpose here. Justin Fields has been awesome this month. Is he a QB one and every week starter going forward? I mean, look, how many passing yards does he have in his last three games? 10 low. Well, I guess should look, I care? You know, here's the thing with Justin Fields. I yeah. looked at, I actually looked at his scores every single week. He's gone up. Now, I played Justin Fields this week, so I was well aware of all his touchdowns and rushing bullshit. Um, but here's the thing. He's going to be on the verge of a must-start strictly because he's being used as a running back. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Matt Eberflus is figuring it out in terms of it's keep the passes low and let him just scramble and get himself out of trouble. That's basically what it is. If he's going to run like that all over the field, you have to start him. You have to start him. Yeah, I, I'll tell you one thing. He's not a pocket passer. He's not. He's not. He's using his strengths, he, which is scrambling, getting the outside of the pocket, and making plays with his feet. And he's doing it as good as anybody in the last three weeks. And um, But <clears throat> to win this league, you got to be able to throw the football. It's a passing league, man. If you can move the, if you can move the chains with your feet, great. Um, but you got to be able to develop the passing as well. So... Um, I want to see more of that. I want to see. I want to see impressive throws, tight windows, um, 
And that's that's where you'll see the evolution of a young quarterback is when they can make those tight throws and those tight and, and those tight windows. It's not easy. Um, those windows, you know, are open for a split second and then they close. So um, the speed in the NFL is much different than college. So I I, I want to see that development. But overall, he's been he's been keeping the Bears pretty, you know, and in, in a tight game against Miami, which. They were, I think they were five point uh, underdogs. So they covered a spread, which was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's Justin Fields. You know how I feel about him. I just, I, I'm not, a, I'm never, I've never been a big fan. Um, I don't know. He don't do it for me, but he's been playing awesome. Fan, fantasy wise, he's a must start. Yes. Because anytime running uh, a quarterback can get you 175 yards and two touchdowns on the ground or whatever it is, I mean, <laughs> That's that's like RB one numbers, and you have a quarterback who just pads on the on on the uh, in the passing stats, and that's just you know untouchable. That's like a Lamar Jackson type of game, you know. So I mean, it's what you're getting, but I don't know. I don't know if it's consistent. If 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 it's going to be, um, you know, sustainable sustainable for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think he's got to be a no-brainer starter at this point when you have yeah. the Lions and the Falcons coming up in back-to-back -back mm -hmm. games. Like, he's an absolute must-start, probably top-five option in both games just because of the legs on the floor right there. That's a that's a lot of production that most quarterbacks don't offer. Um, and besides that, if you get any growth from him as a passer, which the last couple of weeks especially – I have to disagree. I think he's made some very impressive throws. And I think, look, I'm not – there's a number of quarterbacks in this league that can't throw in the pocket. But they have figured out how to get him throwing on the run. And that was all we ever asked from the Bears. Like, in terms of fantasy, if this guy's throwing on the run for 20 of his 28 passes of the game, I mean, look, his QB rating was 108 last game, 120 the game before. And he's, he's completing, it looks like, over 70% of his passes in those games. He only had six incompletions against Dallas. Um, he only had, let's see. How many passing yards did he have? I quite frankly don't care if he's throwing touchdowns, you know. If he's throwing touchdowns and he's got the rushing floor, and the Bears' offense as a whole has been one of the better offenses in the league this month, which is actually surprising. 123 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. 61% completion percentage and 107 rating. Not bad. I mean, he's getting the ball in the end zone. The team itself is moving the football. And and not to mention, if they are losing in a lot of these games, he's going to get the garbage production. But the Bears actually look – they've been pretty decent. They've been competitive. So he's a top-10 option until proven otherwise. Right now, QB sucks this year. I mean, if you're if you're a guy who drafted – Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, uh, Russell Wilson, like this guy, you should be, you should be going on the waivers right now and scooping him up. This guy could potentially save your season in fantasy. Agreed. You're getting a ten. You're getting a ten every week. You know, and then you jump from ten to maybe twenty-five plus points. You do the math. Yep, totally agree. <clears throat> All right, last fantasy topic. Jeff Wilson. First game with the Dolphins. He out-touches, out-gains 
and out snaps Raheem Mosher. His very first game. Now, granted, he played in Mike McDaniel's scheme in San Francisco, but pretty notable considering but Raheem Mosher's been good, right, guys? He's been good lately. So Raheem. The question is, which of the two would you rather own going forward if you had to pick? Or you could even tell me this. Do you think that they both can can be uh, startable options going forward? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's going to be similar to what they did with the 49ers. They're just going to be in and out of the lineup. Um, it's not going to be – there's no workhorse. And as long as they're both healthy, they're both going to play. They're just they're similar running backs, and what that scheme does, and what Mike McDaniel's learned from Kyle Shanahan is interchangeable, and that's just kind of what it is. They're going to be touchdown dependent options every week, in my opinion. Aries, I agree. I um, it, it's like flip a coin, right? If if they're going to get fifty fifty work, I mean, of course they're you know I, I would start them because they're in a high power offense, you know. Uh, it, they seem to be dedicated to um to running the football and uh oh, fuck you and so they <laughs> seem to be dedicated to run the football um and you know they get dirt in the red zone a lot and they run the football in the red zone so yeah absolutely i would start them both um it sucks because i'm a raheem uh moster owner and you know i was pretty pumped when they traded chase edmonds i was like yes five minutes later jeff wilson got fucking traded to the to the dolphins and I was disappointed, man, but um, but at least Raheem, the dream, still scored a touchdown this week. So, but without the touchdown, he doesn't really do much. But you know, I mean, maybe Powell's is right of them being touchdown dependent. That's what I feel like. Unless they break, like, I mean, it's just I just see them both having you know fifty yards rushing, sixty yards rushing, and then you get that touchdown. There's your twelve points for the week. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I what I feel with them. Um, interesting enough, too, they sent that big second round pick for Chase Claypool and he was dog shit and nothing. Just thought I would point that out. I forgot to mention that earlier. What? With the Bills. I mean, uh, with the Bears. I wanted to go back and say on that for the Bears. They did that all that for Chase Claypool. Not impactful. No. Well, it's... it's I forgot to mention that. It's, I mean, it's hard yeah. to learn a new system now, dude. Yeah. I know, but... Like, you're expecting him to to play your offense in, like, literally a couple days. It's not, That's very difficult. I'll, I'll give him some slack. <laughs> They're looking at him for the long term anyway. It's not by any means a rush job here. They, they have plans for him. They acquired him. They gave up a high pick. Like It's probably going to take a little bit of time, but just the threat itself out there has to be a good thing for Justin Fields too. That's something that we didn't mention a second ago either. He gets a, another wide receiver that can actually go out and catch a pass. Um, but with the Dolphins – I think this might be a good thing for Mostert. I think it's Mike McDaniel telling you he doesn't trust him to stay healthy. Um, but also, Mostert in a, in a, a dialed-down role will probably be even more effective. I mean, the guy is a big play threat waiting to happen. I think you got to definitely own both of them, but I think right now the way it's trending, Jeff Wilson's probably the, the more valuable of the two because I think he'll wind up getting goal line touches and – is just the guy that I know is going to stay upright for the rest of the season. And I mean, it, to to do all this in his first game with the team, and it just kind of signals to me it's probably going to go a little bit up from here. It'll probably be a, a damn close to a 50-50 split, 60-40. They get their bell cow kind of early down back, but Raheem Moser can do everything, you know? 
I like Raheem. He's super talented. He's super awesome. talented. I, I wish he could stay healthy, and he has so far this season. I was going to say, yeah, he's been healthy this year. I mean, he look. He might be the fastest running back in the league. There's a chance. I, mean, I, I get it. Raheem Moser, he has that injury bug, you know, uh, tag on him. But, I mean, not for nothing. Jeff Wilson's been injured, too. Oh, yeah, for the sure. The last two years, he's missed games due to injury. Mike McDaniel knows. Exactly. So, like, I mean, I, I just think they acquired him because it keeps it keeps them both fresh. Absolutely. That's all. And, and that's a good thing for them. Yeah, like the sure better, you know, if they upgraded from Chase Edmonds to Jeff Wilson. That's an upgrade. So they did the right thing. Edmonds was such Great. a major. It was honestly just it was just a benefit. You know, it was it was the the good and well for their football team. I don't think it really had anything to do with them being scared of Mostert's injury. I don't either. Um, I actually just think they just wanted a better back than than Edmonds. I don't think he 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 just worked there. He didn't he didn't do well. He didn't fit. Right. And he knows the system, so it's an easy plug and play. Right. Uh, but one last thing, guys, and we're going to move on to it. Philly Phil, do your thing. Philly. There we go. There's a delay on that one. So it's all good. This one's for you, Theories. Tom Brady. The GOAT. Vintage. Vintage the come goat. from behind win. Fourth quarter drive, regular, okay. 44 seconds left, gets the ball back, goes five of six, 60 yards. Record 55th game-winning drive in his illustrious career. And he avoids the four-game losing streak, something he hasn't done in 20 years, okay. Big, big win for the Buccaneers. Big loss for the Rams. It's his first win over the Rams in his in his uh, in a Bucs uniform. And then, of course... He has eclipsed 100,000 career passing yards. has never been done before. He also hasn't thrown an interception since week one. That's a 373 pass attempts. So, are you back in on the Bucks offense? And are you back in on the Bucks as a whole right now? Uh, for the Bucks offense, no, they still have a lot of issues to me. It was one nice drive, and it was in a good spot. Brady's done that his whole career. Um, I just, but they still are just struggling. I don't know what it is. The offense just doesn't have it. Doesn't have it right now. Um, that's just where I stand on them. Uh, as far as buying back in, I never really bought out. Um, I bought out on them as them being dominant. Um, but I still think they're going to win the division and they will probably win a playoff game or two, to be honest. It, it, anytime you have Tom Brady, I'm never betting against them or counting them out ever. Yeah, I was never out on them, but um, their offense is still sputtering and weird moments. They just can't seem to put it together for four quarters. I don't understand it, but the Bucks need to do what they need to do with, on the offense is literally go two minute drives. Every single time they get the f fucking the ball. They don't think. But the problem is they can't because they're not going to eat up the clock, which I understand. But when you need to score, it seems like when they go up tempo, they're hard to stop. I, it, because Brady knows where you're at and in in, in that quick. He knows what defense you're in. He, he knows where his wide receivers are going to be. Um, and, you know, look at the last two drives of that game. They went up tempo and... You could argue he had two game-winning drives. Scotty Miller dropped that fucking football. He in did. The middle, oh my in, god! In the zone. I mean, that's that's probably ball game in itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had two game-winning drives, and ironically, it was all 
when they went up tempo. So I think that is what they got to do. They got to figure out a way to get um, Rashad White the football. He he looks like he has a little bit more juice than uh, than Fournette. Um, Chris Godwin just doesn't look like he's he's explosive at all. Mike Evans is all of a sudden starting to drop passes. Uh, it's been really crazy now. It's I feel like he's been dropping a lot a lot more passes lately. It's like almost like two a game. Um, it seems like the last couple of weeks. Scotty Miller, you know, outside of that drop, he stepped in and he played. He played pretty well. Julio Jones is. <laughs> do I have to say it? I don't want to. He's a legend. I can't disrespect a legend. Like yeah. That. But he's just not Julio Jones of the old. The water's on in the shower. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dove Dove hasn't been applied, right? No, not uh, yet. Cool. But he's got the wash off out yeah, yeah. and it's in his hand. It just got wet. <laughs> and he's getting ready to pour the soap on there. All right. I got you. All right. Cool. But yeah, I, I mean, look, their offensive line is uh, is what it is still. It's always going to be like that. But Kate Otten, he, he looks all right. Look, if he can get a little bit more opportunities and start opening up that offense for him um, and be a threat and where defenses have to pay attention to him, you know, they could do some things. But I I, I think I think they need to to change the play calling a little bit. They're They're being too predictable. First down, you run, you get two yards or you get one yard. You're at second and nine. Then you're passing. You're in shotgun with Leonard Fournette in the backfield. You're you're, you're going to pass. Um, you can't do play action because nobody respects your run. That's that's Brady's game. Brady does the play action passes and he throws them to the seams to the to the tight ends. That that he is a master at that. But the problem is they can't do that because they can't run the ball. You got to be able to run the football. That that is very concerning to me, and that's going to be a concern throughout the entire season. So, for me, I I, I buy into the Bucks because it's it's Brady, but their offense is just not clicking yet. And um, you know, maybe this game gives them a lot of you know confidence moving forward. Mike, can I say something real fast before you go? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think? All right, because I was just thinking of this. What was the joke of the off season in training camp with the Buccaneers? I don't know. Um, Lardy Lenny. Yeah. I, Think about that though. I just I just remembered that to be honest. There was we were all making that jokes because he came in the camp looking like Eddie Lacy. Everybody was saying that and he was laughing it off, saying, Oh my god, watch me. And then there was oh my god, he dropped all this 20 pounds and he's back to normal. And the whole season he hasn't really looked like himself. So that's something too that I feel like I just thought of it. And nobody's nobody has mentioned that. And he's not producing like he was last year. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I get it. But, like, he, he just seems like he just lacks, like, explosiveness. And I, I don't think it's due to any type of weight. You don't think it's because he got heavy? No, nah, I think he's in shape right now. I think, I mean, you're not you're nine weeks into the football season. Uh, yeah, I got you there. You're right. Shape. Yeah, I got you there. I just, I just, it it just seems like he's kind of, like, hesitating to hit the hole. Like, there was a couple of plays Never where, where uh, Tony Romo showed <clears> on, on, on Fox where if he hits the right hole, he's going to get four or five feet. yards. But he's bouncing it outside, and he's not that back to bounce it outside and get those 10-yard 10, 10 sprints, you know, because yep. he doesn't have that speed. He's the power back to get you the five yards, the tough six yards. Like, that's his job. But he keeps bouncing outside, and, and you know, the, the league is getting better and better. You're having better linebackers with speed and ability to, to sniff plays out like that. And he's just not, he's not fast enough to get the corner. So that's that's really the problem there with Lenny. Also, you know what? Like, I mean, I've been on record saying this, and I'll just stick with it. I I don't think he ever was good. I think it's it's something you're you're seeing the inefficiencies that got masked by him having perfect surroundings around him. 
He went to a team that was ready-made for a Super Bowl. The offensive line was clicking at the time. The passing attack was clicking. They're scoring 30-plus points a game, and he gets dropped right in there. And you can at least give him a bunch of touches, and he won't flop per se, but he never was an efficient back. So the thing is, is, is these glaring issues that followed him throughout his career, him being slow, him being an inefficient runner, him not having great vision, it's all just catching up now because the team around him is not great at the moment. And therefore, he can't succeed. And Rashad White definitely seems to at least fit right now because like Nick's saying, I think that they do get better when they play up-tempo. And Rashad White's got to be in the game as a, as a passing threat. And also, Rashad White's got to be in the game because this team lacks speed. Mm-hmm. They got slow real fast. They got old. They got old and slow very fast. And like with the with the NFL, sometimes it just happens like this. It's like this team suddenly looks like they need an injection of youth and speed. And that's not just offensively either. They They don't look like the same team even from a year ago because they just don't – they're not able to beat you with, with virtually anything right now. Like, they look broken. Well, so, I said that a couple weeks ago. They needed a, they needed a, a speedy wide receiver that can break one. That's why I said Elijah Moore. They needed Moore. that. They need a speedy wide receiver. That's what they're lacking is speed because nobody need, nobody has that burst. They need speed on, on both sides of the ball. It's like – at least Rashad White can provide some sort of jolt there that they do not have. At, at the moment, it's just like they they just still look broken. I mean, that one drive, fantastic. Um, I expect that out of him every single time that it's a close game and he gets the ball last. I always expect Tom Brady to score. In fact, I, I wait for it. I, I assume it's going to happen every time. So for the Bucs, like, I mean, look, I was I was very high on them this year. I was the highest of the group. They were my number one NFC team. I just said to you last week, I still think they win a division. It's just a matter of the division, though. Um, for this team, the key is just staying alive. They need to just keep winning games, and hopefully the hope with the Bucks is they just get hot because if they get hot, they will be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. They have to somehow find a way to get into a rhythm. Um, and the only way that's going to happen is if they just stay alive right now. And that's what they're doing. They're finding ways to win, even though they look horrible. And there's really – there's not a great explanation for it. They look horrible all the way around. Week 11 is their bye week. You will, know, you will know what they are made of when they come out in week 12. And that's genuinely what I believe. You will know if when they if they come out of the bye and they're humming like they did two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. That's when you will know what the Buccaneers are. And Brady himself is a, a momentum guy. Like when this guy gets hot, it, he just keeps getting better and better and better. And everyone around him gets better. Um, it is a really well-timed bye for them coming up because they they need to get a little healthier and also just a week to figure out like what has been working for us and what hasn't been working let's scrap some of the stuff that's not working anymore and let's try to innovate a little bit because obviously things are a little different here and every team does this it's self-scouting every team does it they're going to watch the film um 
and you hope that they figure it out, you know? I mean, obviously, you saw the emotions there. Tom Brady ran up to Byron Leftwich, and they embraced, and um, surely, I bet that they want it to all work out, you know? And we'll see. You can always count on Tom Brady's teams to be in the race, and the second half of the season always usually is better than the first half. That's what that's what I expect. I haven't seen any promising signs leading up to it, but this is just an you know this is an expectation. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> yep. All right. Does anybody else have anything to add before we call it a night? No, sir. No, I'm ready to uh, sign off. All right. So that being said, Philly Phil. Thank you, everybody, as always, for joining us here at PI. This episode, episode 119, Powered by Playmaker, is also brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Also, we were live at the Props Network at PropsHQ.com per usual. Okay, go over there and subscribe. You do not want to miss out on all of the best football coverage. Finally, we are always wearing this. What is it, guys? Fantastic, Fantastic fabric, fabric. Fantastic fabric, courtesy of IBB Pressworks, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. If you want P&I merch, be sure to DM us for pricing and details. Also, one other thing, apologies for the little tech hiccup um, in the middle of the show. We'll get that cleaned up. That wasn't on our end. That was, unfortunately, the platform. But we were able to come back. We rebounded, had a great show. Um, next episode is Thursday. We have our week 10 picks. All right. You're not going to miss it. Nick theories. Take it away. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate all the love support and the comments. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like subscribe, hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on PropsHQ.com. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher. And all that other manure. <laughs> also, follow us on all of our socials as you do not want to miss our daily content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we will see you guys this Thursday at p and baby.